Invitation to the Lord's Salvation Is anyone thirsty? Come and drink, even if you have no money. Come, take your choice of wine or milk. It's all free. Why spend your money on food that does not give you strength? Why pay for food that does you no good? Listen to me and you will eat what is good. You will enjoy the finest food. Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen and you will find life. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. I will give you all the unfailing love I promised to David. See how I used him to display my power among the peoples. I made him a leader among the nations. You also will command nations you do not know, and peoples unknown to you will come running to obey. Because I, the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, have made you glorious. Seek the Lord while you can find him. Call on him now while he is near. Let the wicked change their ways and banish the very thought of doing wrong. Let them turn to the Lord that he may have mercy on them. Yes, turn to our God for he will forgive generously. Israel unrepentant. Come, let us return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces, but he will heal us. He has injured us, but he will bind up our wounds. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will restore us, that we may live in his presence. Let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on to acknowledge him. As surely as the sun rises, he will appear. He will come to us like the winter rains, like the spring rains that water the earth. There is definitely a shift in the way in which the country as a whole is moving forward at the present time. We are emerging out of complete lockdown into something different. And this is affecting people in many different ways. For some, there's not much change in what is actually happening. For a few, uh, particularly those who are living in Leicester, there is a move back into complete lockdown. But I think for everyone, there is a sense of moving on from where we are, but not quite sure where we're going. That is certainly true in church life today. From yesterday, the church buildings are allowed to open for more than private prayer, but with very complex guidelines on what we can or cannot do and how we safely operate. Little by little, there will be more person-to-person -person contact, but still at a distance and still with very limited numbers. And alongside the practical challenges of this phase, I do sense that there is a huge emotional turmoil as each of us reflects on what we're doing and how safe we feel in public spaces. Within the Christian community, there is that deep longing to meet together rather than talking on the phone or on the screen. Now, among many other online webinars and other presentations which are constantly on offer, I was especially grateful for the Baptist webinar just over a week ago, 
which explored the life cycle of an emergency. And it was Simon Barrington who took us through the typical path that a church or a community or even a nation faces in a time of crisis. You can listen to the full presentation by following the link from the Baptist Union website in the webinars section. But the essence of it was to highlight three main stages of response, recovery and reconstruction. Those are important words, response, recovery and reconstruction. And relating this to our current situation, for us the first stage started back in March when we were responding to the coronavirus pandemic through lockdown. But now as we begin to come out of that, we're entering into what we might call a second phase, which would be the recovery phase, which may last for some while before we move on to the final stage of reconstruction. And this recovery phase is one which has the most questions and the deepest expressions of emotion, both negatively and positively. We begin to see the longer term effect of the crisis. For example, in the loss of many jobs, in the beginning of a global recession, the challenges of injustice as different groups of people are affected in different ways, and the strain on many people's physical and mental health. Fear and depression are never far away. But equally, some very positive emotions are emerging. How can we do life better? What are the most important values? And where is God in all of this? We've learned from recent times things that will help to shape our future. What are they? How can some of the amazing achievements of the church and community in the response phase impact on how we move forward now in the recovery phase? How can we hold together both a sense of progress and of well-being, a desire for excellence and the exercise of grace? And this recovery phase is also, phase is also a time of very different expectations. Some people can't wait to become very active again and meet everyone in person in ways that they were doing just before the virus took hold. But others are understandably cautious, nervous and very wary. One of the most important messages from the webinar was not to rush into that final stage of reconstruction. Now is not the time to map out the next five or ten years, but to focus especially on recovery and give space and time for some of the deeper feelings from the last three months to emerge and to listen carefully to what is God is saying to us about the whole of life at this present time. And as we do that this morning, we're looking especially at the words of Hosea chapter 6, verses 1 to 3. These are amazing words. Come, let us return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces, but he will heal us. He will bind up our wounds. He will revive us. He will restore us. that we may live in his presence. He will come to us like winter and spring rains that water the earth. The context for Hosea was quite different. The crisis there was of the nation's own causing, something similar to the background for Amos, which I mentioned a few weeks ago. The people of Israel had lost sight of the God who'd led them out of Egypt and into the promised land and had allowed their faith and their conduct 
to be governed by the Canaanite religion of those who were living around them. A summary of the situation is in Hosea chapter 4 and verse 1, and it's a devastating phrase to read. There is no faithfulness, no love, no acknowledgement of God in the land. How tragic. Here were the people whom God had delivered out of Egypt, led through the promised land, brought into the land of Canaan, and now there was no, nothing different about them. No acknowledgement of God in the land. Nevertheless, the key message of the book of Hosea is that God has not given up on his people. That message comes across all the way through the book in different ways, very powerfully. And the key message for us today is that God has not given up on us either. And he is right here, especially in this recovery phase. Our situation is so different from the time in Hosea, but God is the same and his promises are equally true right now. In fact, it's amazing that the three stages of a crisis are reflected here in these words. You could take each of the phrases and link them. He will bind up our wounds is the response stage. He will revive us is the recovery stage. He will restore us is the reconstruction stage. But equally, it is true that the fullness of God's presence and work is evident in each stage of the crisis. And today, God is here to bind up our wounds, to revive us and to restore us. So what does restoration on the front line look like for us here and now? What is God wanting to say to us and do among us today? A lot of the words that we're using here have some overlapping meanings. Revive, restore, renew, refresh. They're all similar words. But keeping this as simple as possible, I believe that this is what God is wanting to do among us here and now. First of all, to return to the Lord. Our primary focus at the moment should not be on how secure our job is, how safe our family might be, what church might look like in the coming months. Our primary focus needs to be on God and God alone. God who is known to us as Father, Son and Holy Spirit, who has created this wonderful world around us and given us life itself, who in his own son Jesus has shared our humanity, lived among us, died for us, who rose again and ascended to the Father, who promised the Holy Spirit, who comes to us now in power to make such a difference in our lives. Maybe you've drifted a little bit. Maybe at the beginning of lockdown, your faith was strong. In the suddenness of all those changes and restrictions, it was so good to pray and you knew that God was there. But now as life becomes a little bit more active again, it's harder to sustain that rhythm of stillness and of prayer. Maybe you need to return to the Lord and find him again today. Return to the Lord, that is so important. And then to give space for expressing feelings. We were plunged into lockdown three months ago. How are we feeling now? It has impacted hugely on the way that we think and feel and how we're going about our lives. For some, there has been the tragic loss of family and friends. And then in the time of funerals, no opportunity for the social gathering 
which is so much an important part of sharing the bereavement journey together. And so feelings of loss are buried deep down and gradually need to come to the surface. Some people were thrust into a frenzy of chaotic activity three months ago, perhaps because of the particular nature of their work and their responsibilities, and are now absolutely exhausted. That needs to be acknowledged. Others feel as if they've been locked in a cage and are bursting to get out and to meet everyone again. And so there is a huge range of different feelings and emotions being expressed right now. And remember also that sometimes our emotional reaction is a little bit unpredictable and it's not necessarily connected with the particular issue being talked about. Rather, it's just something like the unlocking of what has been suppressed for some while. And it's so important to give time to do this. We need to give space for expressing feelings. But then thirdly, we need to be clear about our purpose together because we are the people of God. He has called us out of darkness into his most marvelous light. That's next week's passage. And I'm already getting a little bit excited as I think about it and what I might be able to say to you next week. We belong to him. Our primary purpose is to be the people of God in this world, which is hungering and thirsting for meaning in life and for genuine hope. This was the problem in Hosea's time, that the people had lost their sense of direction and purpose and were no different from those living around them. Today, we need to be clear about our purpose. What we do and how we do it will be different in the days ahead, but our primary purpose remains the same. The church is the most exciting community of all to belong to at this moment. We know where we've come from, we know why we're here, and we know where we're going. And nothing can get in the way of what God is doing in the world today. That's incredibly exciting right now. We have the best news of all to share. We have the best resources to answer the questions of life and death. We are in an exciting time of spiritual openness and discovery. We can make all the difference in the world today. Leslie Cheeseman shared some of those thoughts a week or two ago, and that was so helpful. Keep that in mind, that God has called us to be clear about our purpose together and to live a life which is distinctive and different. And then finally, we need to allow the Holy Spirit to restore our souls. This is central to this particular phase of the current crisis. God is longing to bring wholeness and blessing to each of you, whatever your circumstances today. Look again at those words in Hosea chapter 6. He will heal us. He will bind up our wounds. He will revive us. He will restore us. There is part of me which is longing that we were all in the same place at the same time to do this right now, to allow the Holy Spirit to come and to restore our souls, that maybe as part of our worship we could stand together, acknowledge our longing for God and simply invite the Holy Spirit to flood our lives with his refreshing and renewing power. 
But the truth is that we don't have to be together in one place for this to happen. In Acts chapter 2, Peter spoke to a great crowd on the day of Pentecost as 3,000 people were baptised. But then in Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas spoke to a few women gathered by the river. One person responded and was baptised along with the others in her household. The Holy Spirit is as powerfully present in your home right now as when we gather together. And I pray that you will really be able to open your heart to God at this time. And that the Holy Spirit will truly restore your soul and refresh your life. There's this wonderful picture in Hosea chapter 6 and verse 3 at the end of our passage of the Lord coming like spring rains that water the earth. It's been good to have some physical rain this week, hasn't it? The flowers are full of colour. The grass is growing fast. How much more of a blessing that the Spirit of God will refresh your heart and mind and soul as you come to him now. Let him refresh you with his powerful presence today. I wonder whether we might just pause for a moment and be still in God's presence. As we reflect on what I've shared and on this passage from Hosea this morning, we're called to return to the Lord, to give space for expressing feelings, to be clear about our purpose together, but most of all, to allow the Holy Spirit to restore our souls. Maybe you're exhausted. Maybe you're frustrated. Maybe you're confused. Maybe you're searching. Maybe you're indifferent. Come to Jesus Christ, the one who loves you, who died for you, who rose again, who ascended to the Father. Come to him. Allow his spirit and love and power to invade your life right now. This is restoration on the front line, that we return to the Lord, that we allow space for the expressing of feelings as we pour out our hearts to him, as we listen to one another, that we're clear about our purpose together as the people of God, and that the Holy Spirit is able to restore our souls. Come, Lord, and be that life-giving presence here and now, today. In Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to hear a song which was first written for the 2018 Thy Kingdom Come. It's a focus of 10 days of prayer between Ascension and Pentecost. And I think this song is especially appropriate as we move from the response phase into the recovery phase of the coronavirus pandemic. 
And as we hear this song, just allow the Lord himself to draw near to you.